Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, and it is 2 p.m. Saturday, May the 11th, uh, 2019, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I am going to ask for a little bit of your patience as um, I am trying something new today. Uh, I, I It was a last-minute decision, so it's Murphy's Law is probably going to be um, in a full effect, but I will try to manage that as best I can, make sure that uh, the show goes as intended. Um, today's podcast, so I'm going to uh, check and make sure everybody is, everything is, is performing as it should. Um, and then I'll get started. There we go. All right. So again, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. Um, today's podcast, uh, I have titled it uh, Circus Theater or Life. Um, circus Theater or Life, it's, it's about our politics are a necessary part of governing and our society being functional and uh, successful in meeting all the needs of the people. Um, when I, uh, so circus is actions that are outrageous or outlandish uh, just for the sake of the uh, outlandishness of it. It doesn't have a governing purpose and it is not for the benefit of the Commonwealth um, or, um, or, the, or any other people involved. And um, theater, sometimes in, in government, um, you have to perform, do certain performances or certain uh, behaviors in order to, yeah, let's say, like saber rattling. Um, while you do not necessarily intend to be as aggressive as you're expressing, it may just be a, a tool to get someone's attention to legislation or something that needs to be addressed and so so you do a bit of theatrics in order to um, further the discussion so there is a uh, legislative action behind it and then life life is we are people so um, maybe circus and theatrics are a necessary part of governing Maybe they're, they're required because um, we can't necessarily function on one or the other alone. Um, and just we, what we, I know, and probably you know, is that people aren't always going to be rational. And, and there's, but you still have to reach them. You still have to find ways to connect with them. And so maybe the, the circus part and the theatrics are a necessary part of that. Now, when I look back at uh, when I um, at the political climate when I first uh, was eligible to vote, um, the on the surface it would seem you know vastly different. Uh, there seemed to be a lot more decorum, uh, more of an opportunity to work together to get things done, and a desire to be civil. Uh, but when you look, when I look a little bit harder, um, I have to remember there was um, Billy Carter and Billy Beer. 
there was the taunts of a peanut farmer and, and other less cordial behavior. So our, our politics hasn't always met the standard of um, just getting down to business and governing. And that's uh, a little bit of what I want to cover coming up in this session. So again, thanks for joining me, and I'll be right back. Welcome, Welcome to Altitude, Altitude Adjustment. Adjustment. Okay, so let's see. So I had talked about, you know, the, the title of the show and um, in, the, in the current clim uh, political climate, there seems to be a lot of uh, circus acts. There's been a lot of things that don't seem to further um, legislative actions and behaviors that don't seem to benefit society as a whole. And, and that was part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast is there's there's a concern that if we turn our politics into a three ring circus, if we turn our politics into something where um, just carnival behavior is the norm, how do we then band together to try to accomplish things? What can happen, what happens and does happen is some people will make an attempt to solve a problem, to meet a legislative need, to um, um, in some way have the government do what its responsibility is in protecting the people and serving the people. And in order to dislodge that, in order to uh, interfere with that, uh, some people will become a circus act. Some people will uh, do things that have absolutely no benefit to society other than to derail someone else's efforts to solve problems and meet the needs of people. And if we, so you can't resolve a problem if you don't identify what the problem is. And if we don't identify what is circus, what is not benefit beneficial to the resolution of problems and issues, um, then we will always be encountering that and, and it will derail efforts in order to um, accomplish things. Now, I understand uh, a lot of times when um, um, a small group feels that they're not being represented or that they're not being heard, that they may do something outlandish in order to get people's attention or to get the establishment's attention or legislators' attention. But that may not necessarily be circus. Um, it may be that, that that's the only way that they feel that they can um, be heard or get um, visibility. Um, so we have to uh, be able to identify when um, circus is just circus and there's no benefit to it and, and no one benefits and, and society doesn't move forward. And when um, those actions are taken because people are not being heard or not being seen or not being noticed or that um, maybe they feel that uh, for so many for so many years or for so long they have not been accepted as a part of the whole and 
it's not being reflected in the laws that we pass. Um, so this past week, uh, yeah, I think it's past week. Uh, things have traveled traveled so fast here in our um, democracy that um, uh, so much is happening in such a short period of time. It's easy to to uh, confuse if it was this week or last week. There's all of the um, so the the report came out the um, Mueller report and. William Barr winds up in testifying in front of Congress. And um, so there were, I took, the, there were three clips that I took from that particular event. And, and, I, and I think they help illustrate some of the um, circus theater kind of life kind of stuff. And so I'm gonna go through these clips real quick and then and then I'll give probably a little short take that I have on him. Um, so this first clip is um, so so William Barr received William, uh, Bob Mueller's report and provided a summary for Congress, and um, it was not fully accepted and so the you can ask the question um was there rejection of his um uh his summary um theater or or uh, circus but uh, but it happened he was in front of congress and and so i'm going to play this clip real quick and then i'll come back with a little something why did you say uh you were not aware of concerns when Weeks before your testimony, Mr. Mueller had expressed concerns to you. I mean, that's a fairly simple. Well, I answered thing. a question, and the question was relating to unidentified members who were expressing frustration over the accuracy relating to findings. I don't know what that refers to at all. I talked directly to Bob Mueller, not members of his team. Would you concede that you had an opportunity to make this letter public on April 4th? when Representative Christ asked you a very related question? Uh, I don't know what you mean by related question. It seems to me it'd be a very different question. I can't even follow that down the road. That, I mean, boy, that's a masterful hair splitting. So sometimes um, being specific is important. Sometimes being specific um, may seem like semantics, but it is very important for understanding um, what is being discussed. In this particular instance, uh, um, so, so part of the question that I had was, was this theater, um, the uh, bar has been accused of protecting the president um, after the, the Mueller report was released. Uh, was this um, an attempt to obfuscate uh, the discussion? Uh, was this an attempt at really fine tuning what the conversation was about to ensure that there were no mistakes in the understanding? So 
um, Bob Mueller's team. So there was a news article released about Bob from Bob Mueller's team or that some of the, the team members were dissatisfied with uh, William Barr's interpretation or um, um, <clears throat> summary of the Mueller report that it did not that his summary did not clearly reflect um, the intent and the scope of the report. Um, and Bob Mueller himself had spoken with Barr and sent um, a letter to Barr um, addressing that issue also. Um, so the question became um, about members of the team. Because he did not speak directly to members of the team, he can legitimately say, um, legitimately say, I don't know what the team knows. I don't know what those team members are talking about. Um, and, and so his, his answer, while he knew um, what Bob Mueller thought, it's quite possible he could have applied Bob Mueller's answer or, or thought of it to the whole team. And then he could have addressed the question in a manner that was beneficial to move the conversation forward. Because of the way he answered the question, which was not necessarily technically wrong, because he did not talk to the members of the team and he did not accept necessarily the news article as the ultimate authority on what the team thought or felt. Um, so he, he didn't address, he could have um, answered the question in such a way that reflects, I know what, you know, I, I know what Mueller has said and I, I'm guessing that Mueller spoke for his team. But he chose um, a very cryptic way, I think cryptic, in answering the question. It was avoidance of, um, so he, he never mentioned, when he was asked that, well, he never mentioned that he had received a letter from Mueller, which he could have easily, um, if they were members of Mueller's team, he, and Mueller sent, um, being the head of the team, sent a letter, he could have easily, um, you know, grouped those together in the course of answering that question. So to move people forward and that didn't happen. Um, how did that? So the, so the question then becomes, how does that help? How does that benefit? Is it, is it something that moves us forward or does the answer, does it cause us to go back and reformulate the question and make sure that, um, that we're asking the right questions or is it just a, an opportunity to throw a wrench in the process. Um, so to move on to the second clip. Um, this is, well, I'll play the clip and then I'll come back. If the president is being falsely accused and he felt that uh, this investigation was unfair, propelled by his political opponents and was, and was hampering his ability to govern, that is not a corrupt motive for replacing an independent counsel. 
So <clears throat> this one um, was a little more, um, there was a little more nuance in, in the conversation, in the, in the answer to the question. So um, so Barr says, if the president um, feels that Mueller, Mueller's investigation hampers his ability to govern, there is no corrupt intent in trying to stop that investigation. Now, the thing about the investigation was that the pres that the number 45 um, acted improperly and illegally and not in the best interest of the Commonwealth in running for office. So the question then becomes, if he's, is he allowed to eliminate an, an investigation that investigates his behavior that may be criminal? So if he is a criminal president, and, and I'm not accusing him of being a criminal president, I'm just hy hypothesizing. If, if a president is criminal and doing criminal behavior and an investigation is started into their behavior, well, of course, that is going to impact their ability to govern. Because it is investigating the president's behavior. Now, I'm not saying it impacts his behavior to where he cannot govern. He most certainly can continue to govern. But the, the scope of the investigation was to determine if um, there is some wrongdoing there. And any president or any leader or anyone in a uh, position of authority should um, not necessarily not be able to eliminate investigations into their behavior when it's considered criminal. In our um, government system, there are three branches of government and each one is responsible for overseeing the behavior and, and performance of the other one in an, in an attempt to um, ensure the best outcome for our citizens. So in this particular instance, it did not matter whether his motives were corrupt or not, but trying to stop the investigation, uh, whether he thought it was hampering his ability to govern or not, um, to me would seem wrong. And so I didn't know if this particular instance was uh, obfuscation or was it circus or was it just an attempt to, to hide things? 
to to muddy the conversation. In this last clip, um, I'll just go ahead and play it. If the president is being falsely accused and he felt that uh, this investigation was unfair, propelled right, by his a, political opponents, and was, and was hampering his ability to the govern, president never that is him to fire. And there is a distinction between saying to someone, go fire him, go fire Mueller, and saying, have him removed based on conflict. All right, I had some audio problems there. Let's try it again. The president never directed him to fire. And there is a distinction between saying to someone, go fire him, go fire Mueller, and saying, have him removed based on conflict. And, and that one uh, was, was very interesting for me. Um, this one came down to um, not so much the semantics, whether firing or removing was significant. It's that if it changes, if it changes the ability of the legislature to hold accountable, to investigate whether or not something nefarious has occurred, it does not matter if firing, if, 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 I, if I say fire that person, um, it more matters about intent. So what was the intent? So we, I talked a, a moment ago about motive, you know, whether it was corrupt or not. Um, so if the motive was to halt the investigation, um, the corrupt, corrupt corruption can be determined uh, or it can be examined whether it was a corrupt motive, but um, the end result has to be you know, does it um, stop the ability to um, protect the people and do the, the people's job? Um, so those three clips, clips I think, uh, to me, um, help identify the, the, the circus and theater. Um, it, it, there's never going to be or I say never, um, it's less likely that there's going to be a clear cut, this is circus, clear cut, this is uh, theater, um, because those definitions require understanding the intent, understanding the mindset of the people who, who perform behavior. So more or less, we're, we're going to try to see the action, see the result of the action, and then determine if it was circus, theater, or if, if all of these things being equal, it's necessary in order to get the job done. Um, so, so uh, one of the things I talked about um, as far as theater goes, is saber rattling, um, being a part of the political theater. And uh, so I ran across this article today. It was on NPR. And if you look at the um, scrolling text at the bottom, um, it's the NPR article. 
um, and you can find the, the article title and then find the article. Now I'm going to read just part of the article. Um, there is quite a bit more information in the article that I think is um, going to be uh, important. Um, but uh, let's see, what was the, okay. So anyway, um, so the NPR article, um, and this was some of the text of that article. So um, I got to write the headline down. <laughs> I put it in a, um, um, in the scroller, but I didn't put it uh, in my script, or at least you know my notes here. So, so the article was that HUD was making some changes um, that was going to cause thousands of uh, people to lose their home, including fifty thousand children. Um, so the article goes on: uh, tens of thousands of poor children, all of them American citizens or legal residents could lose housing under a new rule proposed Friday uh, by the Trump administration. Now, the rule is intended to prevent people who are in the country illegally from receiving federally, federal housing aid, which the administration argues should go to help only legal residents uh, or citizens. Now, the proposal targets 25,000 families that now receive uh, some aid because they are of mixed status, which means that at least one member of the family is undocumented, while the others are citizens or legal residents. Now, these families now pay higher rents to account for their mixed status. But under the new rule, those families would lose all of their housing aid and impact analysis by the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which proposed the rule acknowledges that the change would have a devastating impact. It says that 108,000 people would be affected, and that's about 70% of them are citizens or legal residents, and three quarters of those, or 55,000 of them, are children. So I've talked earlier in an earlier podcast and, and so I don't know if this is um, theater or if this is circus. Um, it has a it has a negative impact. Um, so it's hard to say that there's no no result to it. There's no that it's just done for the sake of um, showmanship. Um, there's there's going to be, it could be theater in an attempt to um, make better negotiations um, if you scare enough people. Um, I talked earlier in my podcast or you, you can hear, uh, you know, other people talk about how cruel this particular administration is. And even the proposing of uh, something like that, uh, people who are one paycheck away from uh, having a roof over their head, um, having food in their mouth, and being able to clothe themselves. Um, don't see um, their existence as politics or as a political weapon. And hopefully we can find a better way to 
address our problems rather than uh, fear and intimidation and threats of, of force. Um, so uh, trying to address this particular or things like this that comes out of the current administration, um, people are uh, trying to address the problem as best they can. And um, when those efforts are negatively shown in a negative light, um, it, it inhibits our ability to ensure the best outcome for our citizens. And hopefully um, we can uh, change our politics in such a way that we can um, still address our problems and even ad address our problems in a forceful manner um, without um, threats, without uh, force, undue force. Sometimes you, in order to move a rock, you, you, uh, you can't use just a lever. Sometimes you've got to use force. Um, hopefully that force will not um, cause long-term damage. And so that is some of the concern that I have. <clears throat> <Pardon me. coughs> All righty. Uh, I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon, and I'm going to uh, wrap this session up. Um, I will be back. So today, for the first time, I streamed my podcast on uh, Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Um, um, I, I keep a copy of the podcast, the video podcast available on the YouTube channel. Um, make sure you visit the website. Um, for the video podcast, the audio podcast is available on several sites and uh, you can visit the, the website to get all that information. So I want to thank you as this podcast is streamed each week on YouTube. So you are encouraged to participate by asking questions and including your thoughts. Uh, to participate, contact Algae Adjustment at thelionsden.stl.gmail.com on Skype or on Google at thelionsden.stl.gmail.com um, I'm also adding uh, Facebook if, we, if I'm able to continue to stream to Facebook in a uh, useful manner the, feel free to con connect with me on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook and on YouTube be sure to look for this and other episodes if you're listening to podcasts your likes and shares are internet gold, so please like and share this podcast where you find it. Remember to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.